I'm Colton. And I'm Kalen. And, and this is the Future of Thought. So at the time of recording this, it is August 2020. And we are living in an unprecedented time for so many reasons. Whether it's this COVID-19, affectionately known coronavirus pandemic, or race relations today. It's just a strange time. Uh, But today, I really want to pin down on some uh, facets of the latter, race relations, and see what you think, Kaylin. So, I've seen a lot of stories of uh, statues being taken down. A lot of prominent figures at university buildings being renamed, uh, for better or for worse. And I'm wondering, what do you think about all this? Do you think these statues are just a facet of history and this could be a erasing of history? Or do you think, you know what, these statues were actually idolizing someone who we shouldn't idolize? Good question, Colton. I'm going to give a short rundown of my history with this situation. So initially I was pretty I was pretty strongly against the idea of taking these statues down because I was on the, you know, the erasing of history side of the argument. Um you know, my whole stance was yes, these men did bad things, but by modern standards, I would imagine that most figures, most prominent figures in history would be regarded as um how should I say this? Uh, morally backwards figures, right? If we were to go by uh, what we think is socially and morally acceptable today uh, in regards to how you treat uh, people of the opposite sex, and of course, that's, you know, definitions are being changed now uh, to include a more wider range of how people uh, view themselves and view each other, but also people of different skin color. Um, but a little bit of research has led me to change my mind on this whole topic, kind of. So, I actually researched a lot about, I'm not going to say the specific people that these statues represented, more so the general idea of what those people stood for. And the biggest argument that helped me change my perspective a little bit was uh, this guy, and he made a YouTube video on it. I don't remember remember his name. It's been, it's been a while since I've seen the video. Um, and, and then there's a couple accompanying articles uh, for this argument that talked about how these people, regardless of if they were racist or slave owners, were anti-union to begin with. They wanted to abolish the idea of a united America. Um, And that alone, I disagree with, right? I think the whole battle here is trying to fight for a united people. Um, Right now, it's mostly social and culture issues. Um, But back then, it was, you know, rooted in in a deep-seated hatred and for other various reasons that, you know, I'm not alive to tell you about. So... Where I stand now, after going through all of that, in all honesty, um, I think one of the biggest problems with the whole statue ordeal 
and why I still disagree with people, uh, with some of the people who are taking them down, is because some people have intentions and have hopes and wishes of seeing statues of black and African American men being put up, and I think I think that defeats the purpose of taking down uh, something that represents a scarred, colored people's history. I I think that. We should be putting statues of people up who help regardless of skin color. I, I don't think it matters. So let me pin you down real quick and make sure I understand and help the listeners understand what you're saying. Yeah. Are you saying that you are in favor of taking down statues if these were bad actors historically, but you're not in favor of it if it's only done with the intention of replacing it with someone of a different color? Or are you actually still not in favor of taking them out? generally i'm okay with them being taken down because a hundred percent personally i never cared for the statues to begin with i didn't know the people i was never taught their history really in 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 full honesty you know in the depth that it, it looks like some people revere these figures but i'm also not in favor of putting up statues that are supposed to paint people of color in uh, how do i say this because in my opinion the 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 problem with race relations is the fact that we continue to point out the fact that it's race that's the issue right it's kind of like a self um self-fulfilling problem exactly right you know oh we we need to put a statue up of a black man right Whereas I think the attitude now should be we should put up a statue of someone who actually cared about these things, who actually cared about unifying the American people, regardless of skin color, um, which they're, you know, as his, as we look back in history, are even fewer and fewer of those types of people as we redefine who these figures were historically and learn that, you know, our concepts of how pure and good they were are, are darkened by something we uncover about them. You know, for example, how founding fathers owned slaves, right? But I think the whole issue is that we continue to push this idea that we need to counteract the scale by pushing it in the opposite direction, so to speak. And I think we merely need to just balance it out. That is a really interesting point you bring up about balance Uh, that ties into the discussions about equity today rather than just Mm -hmm. equality now on the surface on first glance second glance first few times i think about it equality sounds like the goal not equity you would think the goal isn't to have the same outcome for everyone Mm -hmm. Uh, if there are differences between sexes that's okay as long as everyone has equal opportunity and that sounds good on the surface but then i I do empathize with the other side that, for example, historical problems, historical oppression can lead where you are today. Now, are reparations, for example, practical in practice? I don't think so. I think that would be Mm -hmm. very difficult to implement. There are black people who aren't ancestors of slaves. Mm -hmm. There are white people who are also immigrants. So it's a difficult decision, uh, especially in today's nomenclature where being Let's say like Barack Obama, 50% black, he's a black man. He's also 50% white, but he's not a white man. And some of these characteristics, although 
whether or not their historical value is now helpful just makes it difficult for something like reparations, let's say. But you can still empathize with the fact that, if I'm understanding you right, uh, equality is the goal. Uh, for example, equal representation, right? You see, sometimes you see that there are popular posts maybe on LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever that say, look at how white the CEOs and executives are of these companies. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is disproportionate. But some examples they give are like, oh, 74% of execs are white. Well, I think 76% of the U.S. population is white. So if anything, that's underrepresentation, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm understanding you correctly, I think we agree at least partially that before we can progress we need to at least be honest with what's true. We need to be honest with proportions because half of the U.S. isn't black and half white. That's not an accurate proportion. At the same time, it's not accurate to say that everyone has equal access and that historical oppression didn't exist. So, not to put words in your mouth, but I think we do agree, at least in large part, that... This same way of thinking is valuable when it comes to statues being removed. Now, I actually, uh, maybe more so than you, think removal of statues could be a good thing or uh, renaming of buildings. Like, for example, uh, Woodrow Wilson. He, I believe the name of the Princeton's public policy school was the Woodrow Wilson School of Public Policy. That's being renamed. Well, if Woodrow Wilson was doing things that were bad by today's standards... I think that's okay because I'm a firm believer in the value in objective moral standards. And if we're just approaching those uh, secularly, no need for religion in this argument, I think that's good uh, because I think most people today would agree standards of days past were were pretty shitty, to say the least. Yeah. So, I don't know, did I say anything that you disagree with? Because it sounds like we agree in some part, but I might also be more in favor of taking down monuments because you can still have history books with uh, the history of people who did great things who also had shitty things they did without having to idolize them in a statue. You bring up an interesting point of showing, um, I guess, the... uh we're looking at different levels of recognition here, right? So you bring up history books being a form of recognition that has a certain type of social connotation attached to it, right? It's used, it's there for learning. And so you can safely paint these figures in a light, you know, that you can make clear as a perspective. Um, But statues don't have, you know, a whole story written on them. They have one perspective, and so in that sense, I can I can reason with the argument that we should be taking down a lot more of these statues than I probably think is necessary. And the only reason why, um, maybe multiple reasons why I don't think it's as necessary per se, is because I personally don't have that social attachment to these statues, right? I don't I don't have this idea that when I look at a statue, it's supposed to be something great. Uh, not necessarily. And the fact these statues exist is a testament to that, in my opinion. That when I walk by these, whether it be 
uh, a good or bad experience, it invokes a certain emotion, and I feel like it's up to the history books then that you come and see these and you know the appropriate response walking up to it. Because, you know, and and I haven't had an instance where this has really bitten me in the butt, for example, right? I haven't walked up to a statue and thought it was a good guy and then, you know, got roasted in front of mass public audiences. I don't think that's happened yet, but... Um, it very much could with the attitude I approach with statues, but that's where I stand. Um, yeah. Well, this could be one of our first disagreements on the podcast then, and it's potentially true that we'll find common ground, but I, I want to pin this down. So let's do a hypothetical. Okay. Say you're walking through the center of New York City and there's a statue in Times Square, mm -hmm. and it's a statue of Hitler doing his uh, famous derivative of a salute, let's say. Mm -hmm. Would that bother you? Not saying we live in Nazi Germany in the U.S. Everything right. is the same, all else equal. Would that bother you? And if so, why? Or if not, why? So that would bother me. And then how is it different? Right, because Hitler... <clears throat> and this is, this, this is really my wholehearted take on it. Hitler was an enemy of... The United States. He's an enemy of what we try to accomplish through our core values. Um, and he's an enemy of our allies and, and plenty of people um, because his core values uh, obviously did not match up with ours. And the only way he saw fit for um, creating the vision of the future he wanted was to take us down. And when I look at some statues, and this is where I stand and where I, why I'm okay with some statues being taken down, at a fundamental level, they're against being, you know, even to a more fundamental level of the time, right? So if we go back to that time period, the whole uh, Union versus Confederate ordeal, right? The whole unifying the states versus dissolving them into their own, their own ordeals. I think that at the time is a testament, in my opinion, more so of the people who wanted a, a unified social and culture, cultural sphere versus people who wanted separatism and xenophobia, right? And it doesn't help that we were, that this whole issue of human rights and slavery and treating people on level ground regardless of their status right kind of removing the last chains of the strongest social and economic hierarchies we used to have which oftentimes included slavery at the bottom of the ladder um i think it made for very confusing times and i think in my opinion i have to give credit where credit is due and people who were in favor of uniting the states right i think we're in the right direction and although there may be malpractice and very, you know, I, I think it's disgusting, slavery. Um, I really do. And I haven't had to experience it or see it. But, you know, nowadays, not very few people in the United States have, um, unless you're an immigrant or someone from another country that where that is still practiced. Um, but, 
you know, I, I kind of look at it as stepping stones. They made this step, and now we have to make this step, right? I, I don't like the idea of looking back on history and trying to make amends for something that's already happened. I look at it as, well, that happened, and that's our past, but so be it. We are here now. Let's look at how we can make this work now. Um, and so that's why I'm kind of against, you know, taking down some of these statues. I've actually learned that the majority of them are people who are anti-union, and so I'm okay with that. I'm like, okay. That at, at a core, no matter how you look at it, they were against people being together to represent a common cause. Um, but there are some statues. I, I can't remember the names of them um, or how many there were, but there are some statues where, you know, they did want to unite people together but they were still slave owners, right? And I think that's just a remnant of a broken system and a misguided um, uh, social and economic hierarchy because that's all humanity's done, right? So let me use your own logic and tell me where I, if I make any missteps here. Okay. Kind of as a counterpoint. So Hitler was obviously about as extreme of an example as you could think of. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. But... Uh, you had mentioned, if I heard you correctly, that uh, you wouldn't support, let's say, a statue of Hitler in Times Square because his values mm-hmm. um, is what you said. Well, let's take a look then at someone who might be for the Union, but one of their values is not abolition. Mm-hmm. That is not a value they hold. Well, using your same logic then, wouldn't you then be opposed to that statue or that glorification of that person even if they're not against the union because we're not mm. i don't i don't want to lose get mistracked or misguided on the on the, the argument here countries are relatively arbitrary at, at a core sense in that they are yeah this is just land we found it's now a country therefore mm-hmm. we should be nationalized and there's reasons for it community is valuable nationalism helps in wartime things like that and, and that's pretty clear but it is it is interesting, at least, to think that a lot of people who might have been for the Union didn't hold good values. and By modern standards. By modern standards, right. sure. But then we have to be careful not to play the game of raw uh, uh, value relativity throughout history. Right, relativity is dangerous when it comes to social... And sure, because then by your moral. argument, if I understand it correctly... Well, that was just the times. Therefore, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Is that correct in me in me saying that? Because I think at a at the root we would at very root, much disagree. At the with root, that. That, that's kind of that's kind of how I have to put my argument, right? Okay. Because I look at it as stepping stones, like I said, right? Well, that aside, I'm not saying the transition into what we see as today's values didn't take time. Like the three fifths compromise, for example, it's possible that was necessary. Mm-hmm. Now, would we would both agree that potentially? Yeah. Uh, I'm not a historian. We might we'd probably both agree that as a stepping stone, calling towards, someone three fifths a human is right. better than zero, but it's pretty shitty. Right, it's terrible. But would we both say that's a good thing? And you can you can call it today's morals, but that doesn't really mean a whole lot because every country has different morals. Right. I mean, Sharia Islam is different than you know a secular Western European nation. So today's morals doesn't mean a whole lot in one sense. So by your individual moral compass, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Would we agree that that's a bad thing? We, we can both agree it's a stepping stone, but that having slaves is bad. We can both agree. That. I can yes. agree with that full heartedly. Yeah. So then where is the uh, misstep I have in my logic and your understanding of why we should. Well, okay. I, let's do this. Let's do this. Since we both agree that and we both agree by our own moral compasses, they're probably similar, but maybe not exactly the same that having slaves is bad. Mm-hmm. Now let's say someone like Bill Gates, who generally speaking, a lot of people like he mm-hmm. has billions of dollars in in pharmaceuticals and not just for his own good but for the world's um well-being say he owns slaves okay now given your own moral compass the same as mine if we put up a statue giving the same argument you made you'd say well that's okay because he was for unifying everyone but he owns slaves is that correct? Would I would you be okay not that? say that. Okay. Because by modern standards, right, by the insight that humanity has gained through sharing information and experience through media such as the internet, the printing press, all of that stuff, this has accelerated our ability to understand and experience what others have experienced, right? So let's pin that down even further then. Okay. Do you need a printing press to say being beaten every day is a bad thing? If you were, I think anyone would probably six thousand years, like six thousand years in the past, maybe because you wouldn't understand what it was like being in that situation, right? What I think it is is a lack of understanding that humanity had for the repercussions of their actions on individuals. I mean, all it takes is for you to label an individual subhuman, and now you can kill them without feeling bad, right? And I don't think people realized what was happening with slavery. Um, and so they saw it as okay, as tools of trade, basically, right? At a fundamental level, slaves were uh, a currency of sorts, even, I would say. Um, and I think that's all because there was a disconnect between what people knew and understood and how people viewed slaves. But that's obviously changed as time has progressed because people have started to, in mass, through new information spreading methodologies been able to experience it more closely and intimately right because as far as i understand it you know slave owners and the people they hire are pretty disconnected from what they're doing merely because it's a living but when you take people who no longer make a living off it directly and expose them to the horrors i think it creates a new aha that's not that's not right right and we didn't i don't think we had that a few hundred years ago and, and, and do I think people who were slave owners are okay? I mean, if I was, you know, in the 17, 1800s, it'd mostly depend on my exposure to that material. Today, we all know, right? In America, at least. I mean, you still have, like you said, Sharia law where they still um, objectify and treat women as much lower in the social ladder uh, just based off, you know, laws that they have no control over a set of dogma right Right. and for clarification uh that's strict explicit sharia law that's not Mm -hmm. any modern you know rendition of it by any right that's that's the same sharia law that has been sharia law for for a long time to come well i think you bring up an interesting point then and i won't get bogged down in the statues right now Uh because you mentioned a really interesting point that could tie this together and maybe we'll find some common ground in that Uh then if or, or once you accept that Excuse me. Once you accept that an individual is no longer human, 
they are, whether it's through scientific racism of the 19th century, mm-hmm. or really late 18th century is probably more correct. Uh, don't quote me. Herbert Spencer, his time period, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's calling someone less than human, then you do bring up a good point that once that happens, it's easy for a slave owner to not only justify the guilt they have, but to potentially, and we can't really empathize with this, So, and there's no historian here to tell us what the manuscripts and diary entries say, but it's possible that they actually didn't have that guilt. It's possible that, like you said, these human beings, which it's so sad to say this, but it's true, were simply a chattel. I mean, you can see that with women. I mean, women were treated as chattel throughout history. Uh, so it's not difficult to sympathize. But empathizing is difficult. And you might be right. It is possible. I can. You could probably make the case, at least given our basic understanding, that these individuals were not blameless because there's always blame for mistreatment, uh, whether you don't know or not. But that mm-hmm. intentions at least have a little bit of play in here. That if you mm-hmm. don't realize it's bad, which for me sounds very difficult to believe, but it's possible that if you don't realize it's bad truly, then you are less at fault. You're very much at fault still, mm-hmm. but then then you're less at fault. Is that kind of what you're saying? And if so, I think I can empathize with uh, at least that idea. Yeah. Not that, forgive, but empathize. Right. That's, I think that's the tendrils of, of what I'm trying to get at. I, I think that's it, right? Um, it'd be d- very difficult for anyone who's done anything in their past if they're still alive to plead ignorant now, right? Sure. Obviously. But I think if we look back, you know, it was just such an integral part of so many things that coming to the realization that it was bad was, I mean, as we both well know, it was in, in, a huge shift um, for the better, obviously. But So I'm not going to say whether I agree or disagree because I am not knowledgeable enough to say whether or not people were actually authentically believed that the uh, or authentically felt that there was no guilt or empathy that these were human beings. I I'm not convinced one way or the other. So I I'm just gonna have to bow out of this. Here's my answer <laughs> yeah, yeah. for this particular niche because I don't. I am not well versed enough in history to understand the individual emotions of those people, right. and I'm sure these historians can do that. I am not knowledgeable enough to say. So I will have to not give a response to this specifically. That's okay. Yeah. Um, Because I just, I'm not sure I can make a leap either direction. Of course, we can, it sounds like we can both at least say without any leap whatsoever that these were terrible things. Oh, yeah. But. Oh, yeah. I agree. Whether or not these intentions played a role, and if so, what that role looked like, 0.001% to blame or 50%, I'm not going to say that I'm knowledgeable enough to say Mm -hmm. for sure. Before we continue, we'd like to make a quick announcement. We run this podcast ad-free. Of course, with a trial version of Spotify, for example, some ads are out of our control. However, we will never run third-party ads during the Future of Thought podcast. This podcast acts to promote accessible, unhindered discourse for all who listen. Because of this, 
we rely on you, the listener, to support this podcast. Support us by visiting our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the future of thought and selecting the tier of your choice. Regardless of how much or how little you choose to donate, you're a greatly appreciated listener. Now, let's get back to the podcast. It does make you think, though. Uh, let's let's take us past statues and see okay. if maybe one of our opinions shifts slightly. Let's look at the Rhodes Scholarship to Oxford University. Um, we have both met someone uh, who has received a Rhodes Scholarship. He was... I think calling him a buddy might be a little bit too favorable, but he was <laughs> someone we knew, a colleague. And uh, we know it's obviously sought after. You, you spend months working on your applications and recommendations. But what a lot of people don't know is that Cecil Rhodes was a racist imperialist. Uh, argue also a capitalist, but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a bad thing. But look at um, Zimbabwe, current Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. That was Rhodesia. And he founded the British South African Company. He made fake promises of gold and then sold all of his shares. He was mm-hmm. just blatantly racist as well. Wow. And, and I wonder, um, and I might know your answer to this, but I'm curious nonetheless. Do you think there's any difference between having a scholarship that promotes the best university in the world, or, or one of the best, the best scholarship, has this person's name associated. Do you think there's any difference between that and a statue? Because a statue, uh, I've heard a lot of arguments, is just a piece of history, but I'm not sure that argument can be made quite as well for a scholarship named after someone to give you money to attend a university. Or am I misguided here? Is it really just one and the same? I'm, I'm curious your opinion. And I, I and and when was this Rhodes fellow? At what time period were we? Cecil Rhodes, at? so Inquisition of Africa. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Before the independence of African countries from their uh-huh. mostly European imperialist nations. See, that's an interesting. That's another scenario you bring up that that I feel is different. Right, because now we are celebrating today's humans with an artifact of the past, whereas statues celebrate old humans as artifacts of the past. Right? I I think it would need a name change. Mm. Personally, I think it would because I mean, name any human nineteenth century back. Most of the time, they're going to be you know. not good, uh, to put it very bluntly in, in poor words, mm-hmm. by today's standards. And and I think to name th- something that's supposed to be esteemed to show a modern human's wealth with the knowledge that we have, I think that's kind of silly. Right. So I agree with you, given just the information I presented. Mm-hmm. It's very, very possible that I am missing something huge. Like, oh, he repented or mm-hmm. he just gave all of his money away because he felt bad. So... Anyone who's writing a comment right now or emailing us saying that I missed a t- <laughs> an important facet of that, totally still do it, because you don't have to be quite as angry. However, uh, presuming that this understanding that I have of this situation, which again is is not advanced by any means, it's just from uh, African history course I've taken, uh, discussion with the historian, 
um, again, maybe calling him a friend is too much of a stretch Mm -hmm. given the respect I have for him. But colleague, uh, just from these conversations, that sounds like something I think we'll both agree on. Because you're right, it does affect today's individuals. You are being promoted as the best in the world. Not just, here's a scholarship to your local community college, and those are important too, don't get me wrong. But this is, you're as good as it gets. Here's the top X number of people, I don't know, 50 people in the world for this year. Come to our school and be amazing. Well, I love the rest of that, but I don't love that it's named after someone who, from my understanding, is... Not a person I would want to have a scholarship yeah, named yeah, after, exactly, frankly. Right. Okay, then let's take this in a different direction. Flags, Confederate flags. We're treading on common ground here, but distinctions. So Mississippi, at the time of recording, has no official flag. I believe it's mm-hmm. been the case since June 30th of 2020. And the uh, Mississippi... What is it? The Flag Commission? I don't know the exact yeah, name. Yeah, I think you're as close as it could get. They are <laughs> down to their top five choices, just for context here. So what do you think about Confederate flags or state flags? Because from a national perspective, you'd think, well, they're not union. This is not inherently racist, but it is inherently non-union and often racist. But also it's a state's right, is it not? Do states have to have secular institutions um, and uh, non-racist institutions and things like that. Uh, the Supreme Court, of course, has ruled in some cases. For example, Oklahoma had the Ten Commandments of the Capitol that had to be removed. Uh, and that's obviously religious, not racist, but it's on a similar court. Where do states' rights end? Because the federal law supersedes state law in all mm-hmm. cases where it's necessary. And I'm curious, just again, uh, on your perspective here, really, what do you think about flags being flown or being promoted by uh, promoted by the state Congress or anywhere in between? This is an interesting scenario, right? And, and the fact that the internet exists always throws a wrench in my train of thought. Because when I look at a state flag, it's supposed to be kind of like an insignia or an emblem of the state's values and its and the beautiful things it has to offer, right? And then you see Mississippi and its stars and bars and on laid across the background of what is it, blue, white, red stripes in that order, right? Was stars Was. and bars? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um. It's interesting because usually I I would be indifferent. In all honesty, I would be indifferent. Um, it's not like this is supposed. It's supposed to signify now in probably Mississippian, you know. Um, I don't know if I would call them extreme right, but you know, probably on the right side of the aisle, um, some Mississippians probably liked the stars and bars version of the Mississippi flag because it embodied what they thought was, you know, home and good and, you know, all the values that they care about. Um, And to me, it's a question of if they knew what, you know, those flags actually represented and those things represented, right? And I think the sad truth is that there's a lot of people who don't know what things 
actually represent what they actually mean um you know you're born and you see that's your state flag and your mama and papa tell you that you need to love your state and love your country you're, you're gonna forget all the actual details of why it looks like that and why you should even love it and your country um i'm not a fan of blind devotion like that right um and that borders on what i would define nationalism i think it's below that but it's it's close enough to be for me uh not good um i think a certain level of patriotism is healthy and beautiful um and even i think that that could be done away with eventually but usually i'd be indifferent to it but with the fact that a lot of humanity and even indigenous peoples in Africa have access to phones, to internet, and, and I won't say this for a lot of people in Africa, right? But, you know, a surprising number of people own that type of technology quicker than they have access to water, right? It's a common common uh, statistic that's thrown around now, and it's kind of mind-boggling. But the fact that that exists, but yet there are still people who ignorantly, and I'm, I don't mean ignorant in as a as an insult, but more as a matter of fact. Lacking knowledge. Exactly. Right? I, I think that needs to be done away with. And so following that stream of consciousness, my mind ends up leading me to the idea that, yeah, I think it's good Mississippi's moving on. <laughs> right? That's where I sit with that. Yeah, it is an interesting situation, as stated. Uh, you bring up a couple good points. Uh, for example, not following blindly anything. Let's just say, mm-hmm. aside from the discussion of monuments or scholarships, anything mm-hmm. followed blindly is not beneficial. It doesn't matter if it's your political standing. I mean, let's talk... The big three here. doesn't matter if it's your politics, your religion, or your societal, uh, where your place is in society because of your wealth. Mm-hmm. None of those three things should be experienced blindly. And I'm going to stick to that. I know I said should. And you could ask me to make the argument for why it should be the case. And I'll do that at some point. I won't spend the time now. But following things blindly is not helpful. So just to set the groundwork straight, I agree completely with that. That gets us nowhere. Whether it's we need to see one news story about something that looks racist and then follow it blindly to infinity, well, that's mm-hmm. not helpful. At the same time, disagreeing with the news story that we saw was racist because we don't trust the news, so therefore we're going to say racism doesn't exist and then follow that to infinity, well, that doesn't help either. If we can just go a little bit in from there. We're on the right path. So, just to hit that one point home, I wanted to make sure that didn't get overlooked, because that's vital. Oh, no, that that, that is such an important point, Colton. I agree tenfold. You know, I, it's funny, because a lot of people preach everything in moderation, but when it comes to political opinions, you can throw that shit out the window. Right. Go all the way right. Go all the way left. You know, uh, screw Nancy Pelosi. Eat her up. Or we, me and Colton were looking at a, <laughs> at a website earlier. Um and, you know, I don't mean to laugh at anyone in particular here, but it, there's just a bunch of photos of people's, you know, home dogs eating up Nancy Pelosi pet toys. And you're just like, wow, right? And then I'm sure the other way, uh, the other side of the aisle does similar things with Trump. You know, I imagine there's so much hatred um, because 
like you said, we follow blindly, you know? It's like, ah, oh, this person believes that, therefore I'll believe it, you know? Instead of thinking for yourself. Um, I fall victim to it. We all do, right? But it's all about catching yourself. It's all about making sure that you don't continue to do it over and over again because all that does is perpetuate a distaste and a dislike and a distrust of people that are probably good people at the end of the day. And there's a lot of good people out there. And that's really the key. And this is somewhat off topic, but I want to hit it home. And it sounds like you do too. The world today is not just full of terrible people. Anyone you meet just on the street is going to be a pretty nice gal, a nice guy, right? It doesn't matter if you are in Boulder, Colorado, which we visit often because we live not too far away. And you'll meet a lot of very liberal people who are very nice people. You might disagree with them politically, and when you get into a discussion with them, they might be emotionally attached and get heated, and then, well, now everyone's angry, and that's fine. But on a deeper level, on a surface level, people aren't poor-intentioned. The same goes for some people I might meet back home out in the country of Oklahoma. Very good people. They might be ignorant of certain things or have emotional attachments, just as any neoliberal would, but they're not just gunning for each other. They're not out here trying to kill people for all intents and purposes. It's generally good people. And that's an interesting point you brought up to tie it into internet access. Um, Africa, which is a unique spot because a lot of people don't understand Africa today. I believe the world's fastest growing city is actually in Africa. So it's not just wastelands and The Sahara, you know, Sub-Saharan Africa has cities today. But that aside, like you said, people have iPhones or any other cellular device early. A lot of people have access to this. They have access to information. And on one hand, it's good because it allows us to see, okay, here's the world's opinions. Now, just to use your argument of the modern times um, morality, let's say, There's no reason why we can't come to some kind of common ground because we know and we have access to knowledge so easily. But on the flip side, the danger is things can be taken out of proportion very easily. And anything taken out of proportion is often taken out either right or left, just to use American, um, United States terminology. If it's taken out of proportion, it's taken out by someone who has an opinion. And everyone has opinions. And if most people have opinions that aren't in the middle, then it's going to be accentuated by their Facebook group through the powers of artificial intelligence to all of the people who agree with them, right or left wing. And then that is going to piss off all the people who disagree with them. And now we have all this information, but it's not shared accurately. All the information is out there at its core. All the news stories exist. All the shootings and... and lawsuits and all of this is on the news somewhere there's so much news but it's portrayed in a way that makes it damn near impossible to know what is happening not simply how it should be perceived and and to tie that back into the point of statues because i think this is a a good way to tie this off it's the same idea Today, Kaywin and I had a semblance of a disagreement for the first time, probably, in months. <laughs> but the only reason we're able to do that 
successfully is because we do our best to find the best information we can. They might be different sources. They might be influenced by our own minds or by our search histories or whatnot. And we might change our minds while we're talking. It's probably happened during this podcast. uh, Very likely. But we can have these conversations because we value information. Not because we value a sectarian group identity. Would that be fair to say, Kaylin? Would you agree with that statement? Yeah. The goal is not to be right, right? Because just look at how humanity is structured. Humanity learns by falling into the dirt, getting up, brushing the dirt off its knees, and climbing back up and starting to walk again, right? We don't learn by climbing the stairs to heaven. (laughs) If you're climbing the stairs to heaven, you've already mastered everything in my eyes, right? So we're going to get things wrong. We're going to be wrong. That's part of how humanity learns to grow. That's how individuals learn to grow, right? There's no situation where you will be comfortable, where you will be happy, and everyone will agree with you. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Most democracy doesn't exist. Right. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Um, we'd probably be extinct or something, because that is such a bad way of existing, right? Not saying that doing all these horrible things and learning from them is any better, but it's what we have, right? And so I think the best way moving forward is exactly how Colton pitched it. Move forward with open ears and don't cling on to anything in the past. Be okay with change. Be okay with being wrong. Because the only time you truly are failing is when you're afraid to fail. Couldn't have said it better myself.